Welcome to Side Effects with an A. When effect is normally used, it's a noun. It's already occurred. Effect is a verb meaning action. Action influences outcomes. I'm Scott McGowan. And I'm Anne-Marie Singleton. We will provoke you to think differently. Side Effects, where problems are defined, solutions exposed. Welcome to Side Effects. I'm Scott McGowan. And I'm Anne-Marie Singleton. We have two guests with us today. We have Antonio Chacha, president of the Ohio Pharmacists Association, and Jeff Bartone from Hawks Pharmacy. How are you guys today? We're doing great. Doing well. Well, thanks for being our guest today. Yeah. We appreciate you coming in. And thanks for being in. We're in our little studio today, so it's a little warm in here. We're kind of close. We are, but Maybe that's okay. Maybe a little okay. too close. That's all right. We all brushed our teeth. That's right. Um, it's a little warm outside today, too, so it just will make the temperature feel the same when you walk out. You won't be sweaty. Deep in the summer. So what's going on with you this summer? Oh, just having a good time. Um, just got back from vacation. Kids are busy. I really want them to go back to school on August 16th. Um, They'll be sophomores? They'll be sophomores, yeah. In high school. In high school. Yeah, that's a joy. It's a a good time. There's good and bad with every age, and so you just have to take that. How about you? Well, you got a pharmacist here. There's drugs for that. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm with you. you I understand. So when they were little, there was Benadryl. Doctor said that was okay to help them sleep. I don't know. Um, But how are you, Scott? Well, I've gone. I hurt my. Well, we talked about my neck. Uh, uh, during the last podcast. And so I went to the emergency room because I'm, you know, kind of kind of a sissy uh, and it hurt bad. Well, yeah, when you have neck pain and you can't, you can't yeah. drive, you can't walk, you can't sleep. It's a bad spot for it. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. So then I went and they gave me steroids and uh, Vicodin and, and it didn't help. Uh, and then uh, we talk about Arosti at one of our podcasts mm-hmm. and just an amazing organization. And so I've been there three times uh, with Dr. Wright here locally in Dayton, Ohio, uh, and it's gone. Right. And so they work on soft tissue injuries and on, on helping relieve the pain and the pressure and getting you back to your activities right away. And so that seemed to be a better option for you this time than, than taking a prescription drug, right? Yeah. I mean, steroids are um, pretty interesting. I mean, I can clean in an apartment building on the steroids. <laughs> you should have um, stopped by my house. I can also eat like a fast food restaurant on steroids. And, you know, and the effects of those medications are unbelievable, which is why we've invited uh, Antonio uh, and Jeff uh, to talk to us today about all these all these ads on TV about this Ohio Drug Price Relief Act. And it says, you know, don't vote for this or vote for this. And so, Antonio, probably from our lens, if you're a consumer, like you're hearing this and this these ads just don't make sense. The consumer. It's very, very confusing to understand which way to vote. I mean, and that's not unusual for something that's being put forward. We had the same confusion when. Um, we had marijuana on the ballot um, and, and other controversial type things, but helping people really understand what's being put forward and how to choose a position appropriately. Maybe you can help us with that a little bit. Yeah. Like any election cycle, there's going to be a couple ballot initiatives and there's going to be one or two that just become absolutely obnoxious and get ready this one. If you're not fed up with it yet, it's going to get even worse. Uh, Every day that passes, I feel like I see more ads on Facebook, more things on the radio, more things on TV, 
And I know they're just going to keep coming. Well, I know in California, they spent $119 million mm-hmm. defeating this, this legislation. It's estimated they'll spend over $60 million in Ohio. Correct. So from a consumer, so and the, pharma- and the pharmaceutical companies are funding these ads. Yeah, for the most part, that's correct. So as a consumer, you're like, anything they're funding, because last time I checked, their margins aren't hurting, probably can't be helping a consumer. But that's not accurate, Antonio. So why don't you unpack that for us? Correct. The ballot initiative has made for some very strange bedfellows. Bedfellows. (laughs) I like that. Okay. You've got pharmaceutical companies that have a lot of skin in the game, uh, and they, they don't want this ballot initiative to pass. Uh, And I think as to a consumer, you're like, well, drug prices are high. The pharmaceutical companies hate it. This must be a great thing. Uh, The reality is when you start peeling back the actual ballot initiative and the language, you start seeing why the coalition against it is growing. And it's not just pharmacists. It's not just nurses, not just doctors. You You are starting to have major employer groups and even unions start coming out against this thing. And the reality is, is that when it comes to drug prices, there is no simple solution. And unfortunately, this is an oversimplified solution that fails to look at the entire supply chain and the warped incentives that exist in that supply chain that we talked about last time I was here that ultimately are influencing higher drug prices. Uh, If anything, this will have probably a good effect if it actually ends up working, which there's a lot of questions whether or not it will quote unquote work. It'll help the government but my fear is, is that private employers will be harmed if this thing passed. And we could obviously uh, get into that a little bit further. But there is, it is, it is not going to be lower drug prices for everyone. It could be lower drug prices for a select few. And so the premise of this is that drug prices would be tied to the prices that the VA receives. Help me understand that. Yeah, so the, uh, the, the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs uh, I can't. I, I don't know this for sure, but generally speaking, we understand that they get some of the best discounts on on, on prescription drugs from pharmaceutical companies. Uh, when we talk about drug prices, usually the focus is always on the list price. The reality is, is not a lot of people. In fact, almost no one pays that list price. So, if the EpiPen list price is six hundred eight dollars, the percentage of patients that are actually paying that list price is very very small, and employers as well. Most of them are paying more. A lot of them are paying less, less less than $608. So the VA gets a huge discount. So if you go through a particular health plan or a particular PBM, they might be able to leverage what what we call a rebate from a pharmaceutical company that that at the end of the day is a discount. Uh, The VA just gets the best discounts for the most part. And so what it says is, is that the government and any state agency shall pay no more for a prescription drug than the than the uh, than the VA, the problem is is that the government pays for the drugs only after a pharmacy buys the drugs. So it totally disregards the entire supply chain. Because what happens to folks like Jeff is Jeff buys his drugs from a wholesaler mm-hmm. who buys the drugs from the pharmaceutical company. If the government mandates that the 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 government won't pay any more. Then I'm sorry, if the ballot initiative mandates that government can't pay any more than the VA prices, Jeff is buying the drugs at v, at commercial rates, but only getting reimbursed a sliver of what uh, he normally would get. So, Jeff, <clears throat> one is you're independent. Yes. Thanks for um, thanks for being an entrepreneur and fighting the good fight. 
uh, in uh, in our community. So how does this legislation impact? What do you see often in the future if this was passed, how it affects you and your customers? If this were to pass, I think it would do one of two things. It would either the federal government rate would go up to match what I'm currently paying or match the commercial rate that I'm currently paying now. Or the second thing would happen is you would see pharmacies no longer take insurances because I wouldn't be able to buy it at the federal government rate, which is what I'm going to be paid, uh, which is going to be a loss on every medication dispensed. Yeah, so there's this concept, and I don't want to go deep into the weeds in regards to prescription drug pricing, called MAC pricing. Mm -hmm. So maximum allowable cost. So, for example, for our listeners, let's just say it was um, Valium. So Valium is generic. It's made by 10 or 15 different generic manufacturers. Mm -hmm. Uh, One is Zenith. So it's 11 cents a pill. One's 18 cents a pill. One's 7 cents a pill, 4 cents a pill. You as a pharmacy would would decide where to buy those prescriptions to give it to your customers. Uh, And you have to be a, a good purchaser of those. Correct. What this legislation would do to you is the government would say, I'm paying you three cents a pill, and it's not even available for three cents a pill. Right. So Correct. then what you would have to do is say, um, hey, consumers, like, I can't offer that prescription drug anymore. I can't, I can't take your insurance anymore. Like, I can't do it because I'm going to lose money on every single transaction. Yeah. So you either wouldn't dispense that particular medication or people would have to become a cash payer to pay a price that would be more appropriate. Correct. So it would would decrease their access Mm -hmm. to prescription drugs then across, not just at my pharmacy, it would be same for every pharmacy in the state of Ohio. Right. So... And you have to remember that the supply chain for medications is extensive. I mean, you have you have pharmacies, you have wholesalers, you have pharmacy benefit managers, you have insurance companies, you have middlemen to all those middlemen. There's a lot of folks in the middle. The problem becomes, and this is why I don't like discounts for a certain fragment of the population and not discounts for everyone, because inevitably what, what occurs is cost shifting. I want to speak for Jeff. But what Jeff could do as a business owner and say, look, I'm going to keep taking those losses and I'm just going to raise my prices on other things. All right. The same thing happens in other parts of the supply chain. Anytime that somebody is getting a discount, inevitably, in order for the business to remain viable, they have to remain, they have to hit some sort of break even point. So when a pharmaceutical company gives a discount to the VA, all right, they're probably raising prices on everybody else for every penny that they shave off off the other end of the spectrum. Right. So if this ballot initiative were to pass, my fear is is that okay, the government government is starting to get their deal. Forget about the you know the ramifications for pharmacy for a second. Let's just say it works as intended. All right. The government is now getting a huge discount on the prescription drugs that they're buying. What happens then to the other half of the population, which is essentially commercial payers? and employers. Mm -hmm. The pharmaceutical companies aren't sitting around their boardroom table saying, okay, we'll just deal with 100 million less this year. They're just going to raise prices wherever they can and employers will end up footing the bill. Yeah. And I I truly believe it's not widely understood that way today. Yeah. And one is, I love capitalism and entrepreneurship. Um, This transaction, uh, pharmacy, might be capitalism and entrepreneurship at its worst hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and healthcare is right behind them. Uh, it is a blind transaction. It's like jewelry. Mm-hmm. I mean, good luck trying to find a, the price for a piece of coal that's been in the ground for a million years. Yeah. Good right. luck. So, Unfortunately, we don't all need mm-hmm. diamonds. That's true. That's true. I don't want them. You can have them. 
So if we talk about, you know, what was really interesting uh, when you look at this, uh, this legislation, how it's passed, is the number of entities against this proposed mm-hmm. act versus I'm having a hard time finding organizations that are actually for it. Do, do, do you know of many? There are not. Um, and, and I'll tell you that obviously it's a very political issue. And I think it, it pits kind of the, the left and the right against each other. I think that's that's what most people kind of think it's going to do. The reality is I go into a, a lot of Democrat offices uh, with my role in government affairs, and they're all saying this is really bad. Um, this is not the way that you deal with lowering drug prices. So um, to your point, Scott, there are not a lot of people actually in support of this. It was initiated uh, out of a group in, in California, the AIDS Healthcare Foundation. Their CEO, Michael Weinstein, uh, is, a, is, according to LA Times, a very controversial figure. Uh, we're, trying to, we're, we're wondering, as folks that live in this supply chain and understand how drugs are bought and sold, we're wondering how they could be so off from disregarding how the supply chain and the flow of money actually works. Because this does not actually lower drug prices. It, if anything, will just cost shift them. So I, I scratch my head wondering what the angle is uh, for the CEO of a pharmacy to be doing this. I also wonder what the motivations are mm-hmm. because he doesn't have a lot of folks with him. Yeah, because yeah, so, I think, you know, one of the things that's interesting, too. So you represent how many pharmacists? Uh, we have 3,500 uh, members at the Ohio Pharmacists Association, 16,000 licensed pharmacists in Ohio. And so you guys are opposing this legislation. Correct. The Ohio Chamber of Commerce is opposing this legislation. Correct. As well as a host of, um, we'll put some information out on our uh, uh, healthierbirthdays.com uh, in regards to the number of entities that are that are against that. Also, a little bit of a white paper in regards of what is this all about, a little more explanation uh, and, but would you agree? I mean, we have to address the, the cost of prescription drugs. Absolutely. So we can say, Hey, th- this isn't the right way <clears throat> in our opinion. Right. Doing nothing is a terrible option. That's mm-hmm. possibly Correct. even worse. So, so what, what are some good options? If this is bad, what's good? So Jeff and I were just talking about this and it, it's something that we at the pharmacist association have been talking about with our members for a long time because it's unsustainable. Uh, you could have a drug that is $5 today turn into $500 tomorrow uh, just because of cannibalization within the marketplace or new sweetheart deals with the pharmacy benefit manager that end up actually hiking the cost along the way. We have this weird two-step dance going on between pharmaceutical companies and PBMs. Where, I thought you said they were bedfellows. Uh, absolutely. Okay. absolutely. Now, they're, they're, now, they're, they're, now they're dancing. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. progressive. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. So, so it's a, in the old days, a pharmaceutical company is competing against another pharmaceutical company on price and outcomes. Now, at the end of the day, the consumer is not making any of these decisions at the point of sale. They're, what they're doing is they're using a pharmacy benefit manager that's ultimately dictating what the formulary is, what's covered, what's not covered. So if you are a large pharmaceutical company, let's just say Pfizer, and you have a drug that competes with AstraZeneca, all right, rather than Pfizer having to duke it out in the marketplace, what they can do is go to a pharmacy benefit manager, which is the gatekeeper to the formulary, mm-hmm. and ultimately say, look, we're going to pay you a lot of money. We're going to raise our price higher, and we're going to pay you a lot of money off of that list price. 
in order for you to have our drug exclusive, totally exclusive, and yep. you wipe AstraZeneca off the map. Yeah. Um, that race to the top is ultimately what is causing higher prices, and this ballot initiative fails to address that. So ultimately, when, when you ask for solutions, you need greater transparency in where the, where the numbers are going, which are very heavily kept secret, as, as we Talked discussed in the Scorpion Room last, uh, last time. Um, and you also, I, I think you need to make sure that any rebates are 100% pass-through, which means if a pharmaceutical company is paying a rebate to a PBM, every single dime of concession needs to go back in the pocket of the employer or back to the patient. Or, or at least be exposed and accounted for. Exactly. Okay? So let's, I mean, if they're going to keep some of it, at least let's tell the employer that they're keeping it. And so what I think the opportunity here is, at least in the very short term, is the exposure, more exposure and more discussion about pharmacy, about prescriptions, about the flow of dollars, not just the flow of the drugs, so that more and more people can begin to understand this really complicated transaction. Yeah, I think what's interesting, so they just came out with a study, I think it was um, released yesterday, but the average age in America today is 79 years, which is good. Uh, and, you know, I, I know we're picking on the pharmaceutical industry. I mean, but quite frankly, at the end of the day, they've increased the livelihood of people. Absolutely. It's saving lives, huge impacts for people. The big issue is the fact that it's a blind transaction. Mm-hmm. Um, they're mostly driven by decisions of Wall Street and not Main Street. Uh, and the transaction, quite frankly, is being absorbed by the employers for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the consumer is kind of held a little bit uh, blind to this transaction. Yeah. And some of the, like the EpiPen, for example. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know, you look at that, the rebate normally on EpiPen is $300. Mm-hmm. So Anne has uh, two kids, and you, you mentioned this before. So yeah. you bought two EpiPens. Yeah. One of my kids has um, food allergies. So, I mean, I, I buy four EpiPens every year. So the need them for school and home and grandparents' house and so forth. That's twenty four hundred bucks. Yes. Right. So in, we have an HSA. Mm-hmm. You have a, a three thousand dollar deductible. Right. Right. Six for family. Right? Correct. So. Mm-hmm. So somewhere in that transaction, somebody made twelve hundred dollars, and it wasn't you. Right. 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 And that's wrong. Yeah. Uh, because and MB didn't get that money back either. Right. So and, where is that? Right. Where is it? And the pharmacist said this to me. Well, the pharmacist didn't sh- get it, Jeff, did they? No, no. The, no. But, the pharmacist, <laughs> but the pharmacist looked at me and said this, are you sure you want this? And I was like, yeah, I have Terrible to have question. it or my kid yeah, yeah. might not make it, you know, if he eats something he's not supposed to. I don't want to pay that much. Do you have something better for me? Like, you know, I mean, they, they, were, they were just being nice and helpful and, you know, almost embarrassed about what they had to charge me. Um, yeah. It's just a crazy transaction. A reporter out of Dayton Daily News, Katie Waddell, has been covering some of the specifically related to EpiPen. And uh, there's a lawsuit right now against pharmacy benefit managers for incentivizing those higher list prices. Uh, I, I'm very interested to see how that how that turns out. <laughs> if if you are if you're an employer, the main thing I would I would I would start being concerned about is is that anytime somebody is getting a deal. There and you're not you. You're the one that's ultimately footing the bill. So this ballot initiative, I think, doubles down on some already failed policy, which is Medicaid, OPERS. There are a ton of government agencies out there that are getting bigger discounts than employers are on prescription drugs. So anytime that the government is getting a deal, 
where is the cost shifting going to occur? It is going to occur on the backs of private employers. Private employers. So government is somewhat responsible for this because they are rightfully so trying to contain costs, but they're getting a discount at the expense of others at the same time. So I, I'm an advocate of getting rid of all the discounts. I know that sounds that sounds crazy on its surface, but when you get rid of the discounts, what that does is it requires a pharmaceutical company to price drugs for the market rather than for individual hand-picked payoffs. Right. Well, I Which, think the issue is what's fair and what's reasonable. Yes. So we pay taxes for our government to, to run this country. Mm-hmm. Now, we'd spend the next week if we were talking about whether they were doing that effectively or not. <laughs> But I, the, I'll, I can solve it. No. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, but really, at the end of the day, I mean, our tax dollars at work. So we want them to make those, right? Mm-hmm. We want them to make price concessions and spend our money wisely. Um, on the flip side, from the private sector, the employers are sick and tired of paying the bigger part of the balloon because it just gets squeezed. Right. So it has to be reasonable. Wall Street cannot just take advantage of the private sector relentlessly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and consumers are paying this. So, you know, gosh, we're, we're, we're at 20 minutes already. We um, could talk about this really for hours and still not. Yeah, and I love this. Uh, I love this subject. So, Antonio, from, from your membership, thinking about, so l- let's just say November comes up, this ballot issue gets killed. What's the next step? I mean, hopefully this, this conversation just doesn't go away. How do we have a better conversation moving forward? Yeah, I, I do think that, that lawmakers are somewhat guilty of overlooking this. And it's not just a state issue, it's federal. Uh, I, I look how hard it is to pass, you know, just some modifications to a, you know, a, a bill that is, you know, it, you stacked it up. It's about 10 feet tall here at, at McGowan Brabender. Talking about the ACA. Yeah, I mean, it's very hard to pass legislation. Uh, I, I, my fear is that there are things in Ohio, like the opioid crisis, that deserve a lot of attention. But I think it ends up taking up a lot of real estate that prevents them from looking at drug pricing seriously. So at the Ohio Pharmacists Association, we've been looking at any measure that could increase transparency in every end of the transaction for a prescription drug, uh, greater awareness of what can be done to ultimately prevent an individual from having to take uh, a pain, uh, any medication, if you will. Because sometimes saying no to a, to a medication is the best thing that could happen. Uh, there has to be greater competition to that pharmaceutical marketplace, and sometimes services can o- offer a great check on that system. Mm-hmm. So it involves a lot of stakeholders and a lot of attention. Right now, my f- my fear is it's not getting that attention. Yeah. So you put a lot of information out on your web web page, and we'll put that up on healthierbirthdays.com if people are interested in just getting more information, looking at the articles you've published. Um, some of the issues you've tried to, you know, shed some light on and maybe explain in a very basic level so we can all start to be more educated on this. We'll put that out on healthierbirthdays.com. Yeah, Jeff, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you. Thanks I for fighting it. a good fight and helping, uh, you know, customers in our region. I appreciate that. Antonio, um, you know, we, we haven't known each other that long, but uh, I respect you, admire you. Uh, I like what you're doing. Uh, and, um Let's just keep working for the consumer on the street. I put it right back at you. The first time we met, I said, there are too many people in this space that aren't asking the right questions. It's not that anybody should expect anyone to have the answers because obviously nobody really does right now. But there are too many people that take status quo for granted. 
And I feel like you folks at McGowan Braybender have done a really good job of I just want to poke the bear, questions. motivated by less disease and less cost. Right. So thanks for joining us on Side Effects. Uh, if you have any questions, you can email me at scott at healthierbirthdays.com. Or Ann at healthierbirthdays.com. We'll see you next time. Have a great day. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening and opening your mind. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach us at scott at healthierbirthdays.com. Or ann at healthierbirthdays.com. We hope you'll join us next time on on Side Side Effects. Effects.